0: If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipalorg mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to Transformative Principle, episode 169. Today I'm interviewing John Harper, the host of the My Bad podcast and an assistant principal. This is a great conversation and we talk about how he started his podcast and why he's focusing on mistakes because we don't usually like to do that especially not in education so i hope you enjoy this interview with john and if you have a moment please share it with somebody who could use it i know there are a lot of people out there who are trying to be the best leaders they can and please share this with them so that they too can get better Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have John Harper, host of the My Bad Podcast, on today. John, welcome to the Transformative Principle. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Jethro. It's my honor to be here.
0: Excellent. Well, I uh, have been listening to your podcast for a while. And uh, personally, I'm a big fan of uh, making mistakes. And so I love that you have it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast and and how you started it and why you started it?
1: Sure. The, The podcast, like you said, is called My Bad. And basically, each week, I get someone to come on and share one big mistake. And there's two goals in that. The first goal is that We can learn from each other's mistakes, but the primary goal, my main hope is that in hearing, you know, some of the amazing educators and amazing leaders share their mistakes and have the courage to share what they share to inspire others to because I just see so much nowadays, children and adults really stressed, uh, anxiety levels are high, and people are just really, really down on themselves. And it concerns me. And I think a big part of that is we just beat ourselves up over mistakes. And I got the inspiration from it about a year and a half ago when I was watching my daughter have a soccer practice. And she had never played before. This was her first year on the team. And she was actually the only girl on the team, which didn't matter. She had a great time and she had an incredible coach. But I was watching the scrimmage one night and I'm watching her play. And they're actually playing against each other, her team is. And I look over and across the field, I noticed that she had scored a goal for the other team. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, this is going to mortify her. She is never going to want to play sports again. She's going to be a bucket of tears. This is going to be horrible. And as I can see her walking across the field, you know, I prepared for the worst. I thought, okay, what am I going to say? Think about your speech, John. And before I could even say anything, she looks at me and she said, Daddy, I'm just like you. And I thought to myself, what? (laughs) And I remember that I had shared with her probably a year or two before that, that when I was in high school, I scored a goal for the other team in sudden death overtime. I mean, it was an embarrassing – I'll never forget it. But it really hit me then that, you know what, if I hadn't shared that mistake with her, that whole moment could have changed her whole soccer experience, her whole sporting experience for her. But instead, you know, she realized, well, you know what, my daddy made a mistake. I made a mistake. It's not that big a deal. Everybody makes mistakes. And so, you know, that kind of got me inspired to have other leaders and teachers and educators come on and just share their mistakes.
0: Wow, that's a pretty powerful story of uh – of you being vulnerable with her and her being okay with uh, being just like you—that's that's pretty awesome. Do you find that uh, it's hard to get educators to admit their mistakes?
1: You know, I'll be honest—I've been amazed, maybe not amazed, because the people that I interview are absolutely amazing, and I don't know if courageous is the right word. Sometimes I guess we can use courageous in different ways. You know, sometimes I think of courage as something you show on the battlefield, but I think I think being brave and when when educators come on they have shared some stories that i am just absolutely amazed by and it hasn't been that hard and i think the biggest reason might be is that you know that they've heard my show and on, on the show oftentimes not always but oftentimes i share mistakes especially in the first probably 10 episodes i think i've had about 20 episodes so far and in the first 10 episodes or so each time i i would start off by sharing a big mistake and i think that opened the conversation up it showed that i was willing to be vulnerable and once I did that, I think it made the guests feel more comfortable. Like, okay, you know, he's going to share that. I feel more comfortable sharing my mistake. And I think, I think it's the same thing with our children. I think our own kids, or our students, or our staff, or you know, friends or loved ones. When we are willing to show that we're vulnerable, I think it gives them the courage and the power to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I think that definitely does. You know, one of the things that I've seen is that as I have been vulnerable myself, it helps other people be vulnerable. But more importantly than that it helps me not be so afraid of making those mistakes. And that is really powerful and helps me get over future mistakes a lot easier when I'm sharing my mistakes on a regular basis.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'll be honest. I literally, you know, I don't know when this show is going to go on, but I literally just published a piece today called I Worry Less. In other words, I don't worry as much about making mistakes anymore. I just published it today. And you know, I used to worry more about making mistakes, but now, I mean, it's because I maybe it's because I have a show, maybe it's because I reflect more on them, maybe it's because I realize, you know, it's just I'm human; it's not that big a deal. But you know, we all make them, and I think the more we empower our students and staff to to feel comfortable making them and take chances, the better off we are. Because I just I don't worry as much anymore. I think it was um, Maggie Bellato came on one of my earlier episodes, and for listeners, it is probably one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, episode of my bad that I've had to date. I mean, the story she shares is absolutely amazing and it'll bring you to tears. It's powerful. But in the episode, she talks about how, you know, once, once the words leave your mouth, once you talk about the mistake, once you share it, the mistake is almost powerless over you. And those words really rang true that day. And they still do today. I mean, I, I mean, obviously we try to learn from our mistakes and we don't try to make them, but I don't worry as much about them. I worry less, kind of like the piece I wrote today. I don't I don't worry as much at all.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really important. You know, when I came on your show, I was thinking about what I would share, and I made lots of mistakes, and, and I'm able to admit that many, many times very freely. But when I talked about what I did, which was that I, I worked too much, I had this awful complex when I first started in education that I needed to be you know, like those people in the movies, like uh freedom Riders, journals or whatever that movie was called freedom writers. I right, don't remember, right. I mean, but, mean, yes, but I had, I had to like put everything into it. And I mean, the thing that was, that was crazy for me is when I woke up one morning and, and I realized nobody cared that I had spent 15 hours working the day before. And the only one who thought they cared was me. And I didn't even care that much. and, you know that I think it's easy for us to feel like we got to be more than we are, and we just have to recognize who we are and recognize what our strengths are, and then focus on being able to do things that that help magnify our strengths.
1: Absolutely, I mean I think when you watch uh, TV or especially movies, they can glamorize things, and don't get me wrong, there's amazing teachers out there. And there have, I mean, there's so many, I, I work with amazing teachers every day, but you watch the movies and you think, wow, I need to be just like that. Or, you know, that's sometimes that's the danger of social media because you see everybody's best yeah. side, you see everybody's perfections and, you know, you have to be yourself, you have to find your own strength and you have to run with it. Actually, uh, Principal Kafele, Baruti Kafe- Kafele pardon me, yeah. came on uh, an earlier episode and he talked about how early in his career when he first became a principal he tried to lead like uh joe clark you know the character morgan freeman plays a yeah. lean on me and he said it just bombed he said it wasn't him it wasn't his style and he realized it i mean and you know who hasn't watched that movie and been fired up and thought yeah i'm gonna go in there like joe clark and you realize no it's not i mean that works for joe clark but you know there's only one joe clark and we each have to find our own strength and play to it and be ourselves
0: yeah you know i i recently uh told my staff that uh I'm moving to a different school, and those who have been listening to the podcast have, have heard a lot about the great things that we've done at my current school. And uh, what helped me finally make the decision was recognizing what my skill set is and recognizing that I'm really good at winning people over, getting people inspired behind a vision. And we've been able to do that at my school, and in, in one of our one of the meetings that we had earlier this year, the people in the meeting were coming up with the ideas that I had been trying to push us to for the past couple of years and how amazing that was to me to see that we're all on the same page now. And and that's when I felt like it was that I've done what I needed to do for this school. And it's time for me to let somebody else come in and use their strengths to really refine and and put good processes in place and how powerful that is. What are some of the skills or some of the ways that you have learned what your strengths are, John? I think
1: it's very important to know, to just listen. I think oftentimes teachers will come to you, parents will come to you, even students, all three, they'll come to my office. In other words, I'm an assistant principal, but they'll come to me. And our first reaction a lot of times is to think like we have to solve a problem. And I've learned sometimes... People just want to be listened to. And sometimes people can solve the answer themselves. They can solve the problem themselves. But I've learned just to really, really listen and not feel like I have to have an answer right away. I I listen to students. Sometimes they just want to vent. I listen to parents. You know, parents sometimes just want to come in and vent because, you know, we're serving their children. That's the most important thing in the world to them. And of course they're going to come in angry at times because they have concerns. And that's, you know, that's their most important thing in the world. And teachers teachers come in and they're at different stages in their career. And, you know, I wrote a piece one time comparing different leadership styles to the giving tree and how, you know, sometimes you have to be that person who just sits there and listens. And sometimes you just have to be the person that does give them advice. And then then there's times where there are going to be teachers that don't come to you much at all because maybe they have families, maybe they, they have to leave right after school and they go home. But I think really knowing your staff, and getting to know your staff as people first and teachers second is something that I've learned is really important. If I see them as a teacher first and a person second, then I think I've lost. I think it's really important, you know. And I get the first first words when I see them each day can't be, you know, how your test scores had had the math benchmark go. It needs to be how's your kid doing? How'd the little league game go? Uh, are you feeling better? I know you were sick last week. How's your mom? Something like that. I think that's what I've learned is really key. I mean, it's, it's cliche to say, but it, it is all about relationships.
0: Yeah. And, and how does that treating people's people first, how does that really impact people in their day-to-day jobs? Talk a little bit more about why that is so powerful.
1: I think it adds, you know, like John Maxwell says, like John M- Maxwell talks about it a lot. It adds value to people. It helps them feel better about themselves. Education is a very difficult job. And I think it's getting more and more difficult each year. I mean, I look and see what teachers have to do nowadays. And I think when I was teaching, I didn't have probably one-fourth of the things to do that they have to do. And I think getting to know people as people lets them know that, you know, when you walk through, they don't need to worry, that you value them, and that, you know, I always say education is what we do is not who we are. And it's very easy for us to beat ourselves up because it's just we're going to make a lot of mistakes. And I just think it helps people feel better about themselves. And I think it's, if if I can show them that, then they can do the same thing with students. I try to model that. And then hopefully they model that in the classrooms with their students. I mean, obviously math, reading, writing, that's important, but you know, you're teaching a child first and then you're teaching content second. And I mean, that's another worn out phrase I know, but it's, it's so true.
0: Yeah. You know, those, the worn out phrases, the cliches, we hear them all the time. And yet when you really think about it, they are the truth and, you know, treating people as people first is, is certainly important. I had a conversation with a teacher just the other day and it was something that I needed to correct her on. And I asked her, you know, help me understand why you're struggling with this aspect. And she said, well, this is what's going on. And once she explained it, then I was like, okay, I can see why you need to act that way, why you think you need to act that way. And I said, but acting that way is not appropriate. How can I help you not act that way and help help support you so that you feel like you've got, somebody's got your back in dealing with this that's causing you to act inappropriately. And she basically said, you know, just talking about it and you pointing it out that I need to change is probably all that I need. And, you know, it would have been really easy. And when I was younger... It was easy to write that person up and make it a, a bigger issue than it needed to be. And uh, I I just felt like with this teacher, it was appropriate to just say, what's going on? How can I help and treat her as a, as a human being first? And it, it made a big difference. And hopefully that increases her respect and willingness to work with me. And more importantly, I hope she sees that and says, I can do that with my students also. And if we can inspire people to treat others even better, like people first, then I think we're doing a, a good job as leaders in that regard, at least.
1: No, I think that's very powerful, and that's very true. I think it's easy, it's easy to sit back and watch someone do something wrong or make a mistake and think, you know what, I've got to write them up. Or how in the world could they have lost their temper? Or how could they have forgotten this? Or how could they do that? And then all of a sudden we make that mistake, and we think, Wow. Well, you know, I'm human. I make that same mistake. I mean, I uh, let me think. I, I wrote a piece one time. Let me think. Of it. I, I used to think, in other words, when students would come to school and you see a child and maybe they appear as if they're not being taken care of. And my initial reaction was, you know what? That parent is not taking care of their child. And, you know, I would think, well, maybe I need to call social services. Maybe... Yeah, I need to look into this, you know, what's this parent's problem? And as I've become a parent myself, I realize how damn hard it is to be a parent and to juggle all these things. And I know, I think you have to get yeah. yourself, correct? I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard. And I actually wrote a piece several years ago. My son was in daycare and I'll never forget it. One day I dropped him off and, you know, I thought everything was fine. And then I, I get home. I, I would drop him off for daycare. My wife would pick him up. And so I get home, and we're all there, and she's sitting there. And she said, uh, my wife said, did you notice anything different when you dropped Derek off? And I said, uh, no, everything seemed fine to me. She said, well, Miss Janet, that was his teacher, said when you when you dropped him off, he had his, uh, how can I put this, his little friend was peeking out of his pants. I had somehow dressed Oops. my child, so his little <laughs> buddy was out of his pants. He's like two or three years old, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh how How did I miss that? And if a child ever walked into my school with you know something of that nature, I would you know I'd want to call social services right away and here I am, an administrator, sending my child to school, not properly covered and i thought wow john this 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 is a lesson right here. you need to remember that when you see kids come to school and maybe something's not quite right, you know you need to give that person a little grace, you need to give them a little breathing room because i mean me i'm I'm married, and I'm very fortunate to have." all the resources available to available to me. There's people that are raising kids by themselves and are struggling just, you know, day to day just to make it. And, yeah. you know, you got to give them a break. And it was like, it was a wake-up call. I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, if I, if, if I can be guilty of that, then I can give some parents some slack on, you know, shoestrings or maybe this, that, or the other. And it wasn't that I was really judging them that poorly. I just thought, okay, well, maybe they don't this or maybe they don't that. But I'll tell you, once you become a parent – You really see things through a different lens. At least I do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you see how difficult it is to keep everything organized and and taken care of. And despite being educated and capable and all that stuff, it's still still difficult no matter who you are. You know, kids are not having kids and raising kids is not an easy thing to do. And we do well to remember that for the sake of our, our parents at our school
1: absolutely I think it's the hardest job there is it's the most rewarding but it's also the most difficult job
0: that was a great interview with John I think uh, he's got a lot of good stuff going on I'm glad that you were able to listen to him also next week I'm going to continue my conversation we're going to talk about the Q-tip strategy and how to be a better leader when you're leading others and how to hear people's stories and find out more about them so that you can have empathy and support them better Thanks so much for listening to Transformative Principle podcast. I love doing this. It makes my day. And I'm so grateful for you listening. And uh, just this is an awesome thing to be able to do. So thanks for being here and listening with me. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts.